0: Welcome to Crunching Tackles, where we break down the hardest-hitting social issues in sports. On today's show, when are sports sport, and when are sports just entertainment? Do people care about seeing elite athletes perform, or do they just care about seeing a spectacle? My name is Chad Wiley, and with me today is John Neckersov. And John, how are you doing this week?
1: Chad, I'm doing quite well. I've got my laptop here. You know, being in a temporary place, I don't have my uh, my monitor set up. You know, so I've got a laptop with a split screen, notes, and Zoom with Ukraine versus North Macedonia on my phone, and that's just how life should be. Honestly, there's there's no other way to podcast. I've got you on my. My my MacBook.
0: I've got the game mm-hmm. on my iPad, and I've got my little notebook here with my notes. So I'm yeah. All set to go so as well. so if
1: we seem if we seem a little bit distracted at any point, it's because important things are happening, like soccer.
0: Yeah, and we're gonna talk about that briefly, John. But before we do, are things going well at your work? Are you are you enjoying the life of a of a newspaper man? Do you have a do you have ink all over your hands and so much ink. like newspaper?
1: Yeah. Sadly, I actually never. Occasionally, I do pick up the paper, and I'm like, "Oh, I made this," but I sadly never see them going to print. That's not; they're all in a warehouse in the back of the building. Um, These massive print machines. It does feel like it's like all the president's men or something. You're like looking there, and you're like imagining this like montage of newspapers flying off the press, and you're like, "Ha ha!" Except it's odd because like it's so different than it was back then. You know, you're imagining just like a totally different environment. So, but yeah, it's been good. It's been fun, kind of getting attuned to a new work environment and also, you know, getting in all the good soccer while I can. And also the late night hours are funny. It's, Mm -hmm. I've never worked a job that late consistently. And so it's an interesting experience getting adjusted to it, getting my sleep schedule adjusted to it. We were just talking before the podcast. I am like just kind of waking up in this immediate moment as we're talking, you know, it's like, it's 1030 AM, but I usually wake up somewhere between nine and 10. And so like, I'm like, I'm sipping my coffee and I'm like half awake, but how awake are you, Chad? And in in this current moment is the real well, question. Well, I'm I'm awake right now, John. In high school, when I worked at Chick Fil A, I
0: was kind of like the flex guy, which means I just came in whenever they needed me, mm-hmm. which meant that which meant that on several occasions I would do I would do a closing shift till like eleven, and then the next morning I would do an opening shift at five a.m. Mm. And so, yeah, I definitely can understand the uh, the the sleepless nights that are work related, but. I love my schedule right now. I'm, I'm to bed at midnight. I'm up at eight. I'm getting my
1: work done. Life is good. Mm-hmm. And his schedule is so flexible that he can interrupt his work schedule to record podcasts, which is I can, a joy. I have to work eight hours a day
0: and it doesn't matter at what point of the day I work them. So on these kind of days, I just stay a little
1: bit later and no problems at all. So You hear that, guys? Chad is sacrificing his work hours for this podcast. That's right. That's, that's, right. And that's I'm, dedication. I'm happy to do
0: it. I'm happy to do it. John, like you mentioned, the Euros are going on. We're going to talk to you on that just a little bit. And I have to start on a sobering note with mm-hmm. Christian Erickson. Yeah. And this this was a, a a cultural story where I saw people from Major League Baseball tweeting about it. Patrick Mahomes tweeted about it. Everyone kind of saw this moment on ESPN where Christian Erickson collapsed. And according to the on-the-field medical aides, he had— Basically died, like his heart had stopped beating, and CPR was performed and um, he was revived and took into hospital and has now in stable condition and is gonna, you know, be able to live. Um, he's gonna have a heart uh, starter put inside him um, mm-hmm. for the rest of his life. But yeah, it was a harrowing moments. Ultimately, not a tragedy due to the result, but it was a scary moment for sure
1: yeah yeah it was it was, what was striking to me was seeing just how much of a outpouring of support there was for him you know they we've had situations like this in soccer and in some other sports you know where athletes have collapsed like this but i don't think in at least in my memory it's ever been on the level of profile of someone like christian erickson you know mm-hmm. who is really a very high profile athlete um you know he's not messy or anything but like He's quite good, and a lot of people know him. And it it was striking to me, I think, almost more than anything else. You know, there's a podcast we both love, Football Weekly, from The Guardian, that talks a lot, um, just covers, you know, the weekly soccer news. And one of the journalists who is Scandinavian was talking in the aftermath of everything that was happening as like the whole panel and, you know, like people on TV and all of social media are like struggling to emotionally cope with what we were seeing live. He kind of brought up the point that, You know, for a lot of people, you sometimes have more regular contact with these athletes that you watch on TV every week than you do with some of even your own family members. You know, there are extended family members I have that, you know, I probably see Christian Erickson's face on a more regular basis than I see them, you know, and that's like that builds an emotional connection that I think we don't really think about because we don't know them, you know, but when all of a sudden you see... Someone dying before your eyes, like it really does take a toll on you. And that was a really, that was kind of an interesting way of viewing things that I had never thought of before.
0: Yeah, John, my, what I kind of realized, first of all, is I think Christian Eriksson is a very underappreciated player. And -hmm. it's moments like that where people are like, wait, it's We're talking about Christian Eriksson. Cause I was thinking, and it's like, all of a sudden I'm thinking about it and he's always been very subtly like one of my top 10 players to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he's been—he's just a joy, but he's not—you know—he's—he doesn't make a lot of those lists, but he, yeah, just it's—it's—it's it's, it's weird to see someone like that, uh, that have that happen to a guy like him. But from a bigger perspective, it's just—it puts sport in perspective. And you know, mm-hmm. we listen to the Guardian Weekly, and they're talking about like, do we even, you know, discuss the actual games that happened and all. So it was just interesting to. And we can, we can do some more light reflection because we know that Christian Erickson is okay, but just mm-hmm. continuing to put sport in perspective, but also scary to see someone in the absolute prime of physical health just collapse like that. Like, mm-hmm. that's 29 weird. years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he spent his whole life running miles. He's had, you know, great cardio, great strength. He's a professional soccer player at the highest level. And he still has just these basic medical conditions that went undetected for years, and just pops up, and that's that's scary because those are really those really are the things where putting yourself in in another athlete's mind, like you see that, and you are like, yeah, that could happen to me. Like, there is mm-hmm. no way to avoid to avoid that, which is yeah. which
1: is scary. It is weird, and it also kind of makes me on another serious note. It kind of makes me think. You mentioned, you know, if we can even talk about like an immediate aftermath, like. Other games were played that day. The Danish team had to decide if they wanted to play their game in the immediate aftermath, since he was stopped around halftime. And I guess kind of the it brings to light, brings to mind a lot of the conversations we had about COVID last year. You know, we're sort of on the tail end of the pandemic's immediate effects of like we are in the pandemic right now. Um, You know, but we had a lot of conversations back then about you know at what point do we say we just shouldn't be playing sports right now right um and kind of like always living in that tension with sports of like tragedies happen in the world around us and like the machine of sports never wants to stop but like how do we know when to stop it you know when the corporate machine the money-making tournaments need to take a time out and when we say all right this was hard now we keep going so yeah that that brought that to mind it was interesting um yeah but thankfully he's okay
0: yeah, and there was also some great soccer played this week. Why don't you touch on just a few of the things that you observed?
1: Yeah. Um, Netherlands Ukraine has been the game of the tournament so far for me. It was a 3 2 thriller. I really enjoyed it. I think right now, the top teams that I've seen France, Portugal, Italy, and I think the Netherlands and England are both teams that could go far in this tournament. Um, we'll see. But I think France, Portugal, and Italy are the teams that I, if I had to put money in someone to win, it would be one of those three.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree, John. Uh, Yeah, I I think you and I are holding Pat with our pre-Euro predictions in that regard. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's also worth pointing out, if you haven't seen Patrick Schick's goal, uh, just Google Patrick Schick goal. It'll be the first (laughs) thing to come up. It's a great goal. It's the goal of the tournament so far. Mm. It'd be hard to see something top it.
1: Yeah, which I knew, I knew it the name sounded familiar. I was like, Patrick Schick. I was like, this feels like there's something resonating with me. And then I remembered right before we recorded that that is a razor company. It is. And it that's is. just a funny thought.
0: Yeah, John, before we get to our big topic, I also want to touch on, you know, there there are other sports in the world besides soccer. I don't know if no, you're aware of that.
1: No, I'm not actually.
0: <laughs> I'm here to make a confession uh publicly. Oh. I in in my faith, we are taught to confess our sins and yep. to be reconciled, and so I'm here to confess. John, before the Milwaukee Bucks played the Brooklyn Nets in Game 5, the series was tied to 2 mm-hmm. in my in my compor- uncomparable NBA wisdom, took to Twitter, yes. and I wrote something, and I said, if James Harden doesn't play tonight, the Bucks will win, and the reason is simple. Giannis is better than Kevin Durant. Giannis isn't greater than KD plus his two superstars. He isn't even greater than KD plus his one superstar. But Giannis beats Kevin Durant with comparable teams eight times out of ten. Oof. John, then then game five actually happened. Oof. And if you don't know what happened, (laughs) Kevin Durant scored 49 points with 17 rebounds and 10 assists in a six-point Nets win. With with James Harden playing, which was one of the caveats that I said, so I have like a half escape, but there was no excuse for me saying that Giannis is better than Kevin Durant. I was oh, wrong, Chad. I was, you I were, was, an you
1: error. were, you, you were
0: very wrong. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just here to apologize and to say that I will do better.
1: Okay, I accept your apology. Make have better sports
0: opinions, Chad. And John, I think that you you may believe that now is the time when i can redeem myself in terms of sporting opinions because i think we're going to have a lot of agreement in our main topic today this and is true. we're talking we're talking about we have to put the caveat in john doesn't believe that pugilistic sports should be allowed or are good <laughs> and go back and listen to that podcast but we are going to talk a little bit about boxing john if that's okay with your with your moral code
1: uh, I'll I'll accept it for now because I get to rip on at least part of boxing. So, and also a very reprehensible person, which is even better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, two reprehensible people to be quite honest.
1: Well, that's also true, but I I spoiler spoiler alert. We're talking about Logan Paul as kind of the primary crux of this argument and I cannot stand Logan Paul. Logan Paul, just to start things off, I'm sure you've heard of him, but if you haven't he is a reprehensible person. Look him up on Wikipedia. I'm not going to mention the things he's done, but he's terrible. And just as a side note, if you don't know, Jake and Logan Paul are two of the most popular YouTubers around right now. They've made a lot of really popular videos that are entirely stupid and have no actual redeeming quality whatsoever, but they're very popular. But they have also had trouble with YouTube over numerous things because they are bad people.
0: Yeah, so, so Jake, Jake Paul fought a... a- so Jake Paul and Logan Paul have both been fighting with at different levels of success. Jake much more successfully. He's fought a like a I guess an average to below average UFC fighter and beat him. Logan Paul lost his first professional fight to KSI, who's also like a rapper slash YouTuber.
1: <laughs> is it really um, a professional fight? I'm still not convinced.
0: It was yeah, it was kind. Of, but anyway, <laughs> Logan Paul a few weeks ago fought Floyd Mayweather, who is pound for pound the greatest boxer of all time in my opinion another Mm -hmm. bad human being but a much better fighter and then last weekend or the weekend before there was an entire fight card that was only youtubers fighting tiktok stars it was called the it was called the battle of the platforms it was headlined by bryce hall boxing against austin mcbroom and the reason why I want to talk about these events, John, is because they're successful and they're using the platform of a legitimate sport to highlight non-legitimate athletes. And so a lot of my frustration toward the Logan Paul, and I I think what I said on Twitter was like the best way to send a message about this is just to not buy it because it's not actual worth worthy sporting content. Like... I don't believe that it should be covered by legitimate sports journalists. I don't believe, which I guess we're, we're kind of covering it now, but not in like a round-for-round <laughs> round breakdown or saying who won. I don't think it should be talked about as or given legitimacy by any member of the sports media or by other fighters. And I guess what I want to talk about is, one, why people are interested in buying this stuff, and two, if we're entering a stage where – We're okay watching non-elite athletes do sports as long as it's entertaining, even more so than watching legitimate athletes and elite athletes do their sport.
1: Yeah, well, I think obviously the beginning – the very beginning of this, the crux of this issue for the people who are putting this on is that it brings money. A lot. Just so much money. I was not aware. Yeah, go ahead. Can I give a
0: couple of examples about that, John?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Here I have a list of United States pay per view records, um, the buy rates and things like that. Uh, the The Jake Paul versus Ben Askren fight, or er, according to the streaming service, had 1.5 million buys, which is a top 10 all time boxing event for in terms right. of pay per view guys. And it beats out fights like Evander Holyfield versus George Foreman, which was the build the battle of the ages and was a unifying lineal heavyweight championship like like jake paul a youtuber fighting a ufc fighter was had more pay-per-view buys than two of the top five heavyweight champions of the world fighting each other logan paul and Floyd mayweather sold about a million pay-per-views so not top 10 not even top 20 but still an, an upper end fight card mm-hmm. um this, this YouTube or TikTok thing, they haven't released their pay-per-view numbers yet, but they can confirm that they had 3.5 billion impressions across social media. So these things are big, they are generating revenue, and people are like just soaking them up and trying to consume this quote-unquote sport as much as possible. So
1: Yeah, and I was kind of surprised when they announced that the the duel was going to happen between Mayweather and and Logan Paul um, just because, for me, you know, it seems almost like like a charity matchup. You know, like, it's not actually serious competition. And I was like, why on earth would someone subject themselves to, like, you know, playing against basically an amateur for literally no reason? And the reason is because people wanted to buy it. And the website Sportscasting did, like, a bit of an analysis of what Mayweather probably made and he said before, he's like, I'm just doing this for the money. I literally don't care. He's like, I have nothing to prove. I just want the cash. And he got estimated somewhere around $60 million. Yeah. And to be fair, if you watch
0: the fight, it was clear that he had no interest in actually fighting. He just kind of oh, no, to, like dance not. around and
1: mm-hmm. yeah. But $60 million, to put that in context, like that this is obviously like pre-inflation numbers, but like that's more than MJ made on the court in his entire career in one night where he didn't even really fight like basically the mayweather paul ticket was like paul kind of like hugging mayweather for a while and trying to get punches in and nothing really happening and mayweather like jabbing him from time to time and then just like doing nothing like i'm quite confident that if mayweather was actually trying that he would have knocked him out in the first round like there's no doubt in my mind yeah he said that he didn't even train yeah, and afterward he was like, Oh, he was better than I thought he was. Like I was like, he would say that. Like <laughs> I don't know. It it was clear that it was a financial thing. And I guess my my first point is my counterpoint to you to start us off talking about this is isn't sports in a sense at this level always to some degree about entertainment for money? Yes and no.
0: Because it, it and it may be trending that way, but up really up until a few years ago, legitimate sport was about money, but it was because athletes like elite athletes were marketable, mm-hmm. and Jake and Jake Paul and Logan Paul were marketable doing what they did on their platform. What's What's different is that now YouTubers and TikTok stars and whatever are trying to enter. The platform of elite athletes because they see that elite athletes make more money than they do because we because right. as a, as a culture we care about athletes and Logan Paul did this perfectly by tagging along the coattails of Floyd Mayweather Jr. because Floyd Mayweather is the most marketable athlete boxer in in human history the top four the top four greatest. Most, most lucrative, most pay-per-view buys, most gross-earning fights in boxing history all have one common denominator, and that's Floyd mm-hmm. Mayweather. It's Mayweather Pacquiao, Mayweather McGregor, Mayweather De La Jolla, Mayweather Canelo Alvarez. And even his fight against Conor McGregor was viewed in somewhat farcical terms because Conor McGregor was not a boxer, but mm-hmm. he is still an elite, world-class fighting athlete. He has still spent his whole life training to... Hurt people inside a closed base with some sort of gloves on. And so, even that, I didn't really like that fight ex- happening either because I also felt like that also diluted the quality of boxing, but not right. certainly not to the extent that this fight did.
1: Yeah, I think, I think maybe the problem that you're pointing at a little bit is that it doesn't, I think inherently we believe that sports should be the peak of competition and. We know that Logan Paul is not the peak of sporting competition. Like, we just know that for a fact. But it's happening because the finances make it worthwhile for them and because people want to see it for the novelty factor. You know, it's... And I think boxing fits this the best because, you know, the last episode we did about this, about boxing, I talked about the gladiatorial games, which is kind of the ancient equivalent of this. And back then, there was there was a lot of kind of similar situations, you know, where you have a ridiculous underdog that shouldn't be in the ring against someone who is at the top of their game, you know, and the underdog was never supposed to win those. You know, you're always, you're it, it wasn't like WWE, but like, if things went wrong, like in a, like a scripted gladiatorial battle, like people would be annoyed. The organizers of the match would be annoyed. And so I think there's always been a sense in fighting combat that an element of it is, entertainment that isn't necessarily like entirely driven by sporting merit but i think there's something in us that kind of rails against that when we expect it to be sport when it's not entertainment when we know it's not entertainment when we think it's sport then i think we kind of inherently expect for first of all both parties to try their hardest and for the outcome to not be predetermined I think those are two of the primary qualifications for sport that we want. You know, like even with a massive underdog team that shouldn't have any chance, you know, against a massive club like Manchester City, you know, we still expect that it could happen. They could win. And if we know that like Manchester City isn't trying in a game, that I think leaves us feeling like this isn't real sport, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same here as you're watching Mayweather just kind of clown around for entertainment, And I don't. I just don't think it's, it's actual sports, in that sense.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. I agree, John. I guess I'm coming at this from a perspective of a sport purist. Mm -hmm. But but at the end of the day, I can still the fact that Logan Paul is boxing. I can choose how much attention I want to pay to it, and that doesn't diminish me from enjoying Tyson Fury, Wilder, and Deontay Wilder in like a few weeks. Like that doesn't diminish. Mm -hmm. Like so, like yeah, I and in other sports where this type of thing happens, I haven't gotten as upset. So, like for example, I want to talk about. I want to kind of find. I was looking for a couple of examples in other sports where this happened, and the first two things that came to my mind was last summer with the match. I don't remember if you remember the match, but it was a golf events where Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning competed oh, yeah, against yeah. Phil Mickelson mm-hmm. and Tom Brady. Two two good golfers, and two not golfers, two good athletes, but they weren't golfers. They were football players. And that event, John, had 5.8 million views. It was the largest event that day. It was the largest event of that entire golf season. It Mm -hmm. averaged more views than the final rounds of the previous year's majors, the PGA Championship and the British Open. Like This was a massive event that people tuned into. And I'm sure that Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, two elite golfers were part of that, but also people were turning in to watch two non-golfers do it. Right. In a similar way, at at many different All-Star events, there is a celebrity game. And so uh, one of the celebrity NBA games with likes of Justin Bieber or Daniel Radcliffe or different celebrities, Quavo has done it, those have gotten about two... A little bit more than 2 million views on espn telecast and so not as popular as a as a regular nba game but still very very popular and so i guess it's interesting to see sport as entertainment when i'm approaching it from an ex from the point of sports are for elite competition but these other instances don't bother me as much and i'm wondering maybe trying to figure out why why it is that and maybe it just is that it's Logan Paul. Like why it bothers me. So like maybe he just turns me. I just have an aversion to him. But in other sports, it may it may not bother me as much. And I think that's that's interesting because I it's you you choose how much you want to value sport. And if you mm-hmm. want to see sport as entertainment, many people do. And if you want to see sport as as elite competition, you can choose to do that too.
1: Well, I think part of it is. Fighting's pay per view structure that obviously originates from, you know, people being having to pay to go to rings to watch. um, I think it gives it a different feel that feels a lot closer to the actual sport itself with an entertainment match like this because it's making so much money and because the format's kind of the same. I don't think anyone watches Tom Brady and Peyton Manning play golf and is like, this is the peak of golfing competition. Right. Well, I think Logan Paul's kind of pretending like he is, you know, he's pretending like he can be the best boxer ever. Mm. They weren't of, pretending. No, you know, mm. like, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady know that they're not good golfers. You know, they goofed around the entire time. It was clearly a joke. And I, I think that we get the feel with Paul that he's sort of creating this brand where he's like, I am the greatest, you know, like Muhammad Ali, except we all know that he's not. And so it feels sort of like a sham where we want to pay for it to see him pretend to be the greatest. While meanwhile, we know that it's all kind of a fraud. And I think that maybe that just makes, it makes me just feel a little queasy inside.
0: Yeah, like the the, the Austin McBroom TikTok fight at the end, you know, the first question, they, the last question they asked him was like, who's next? Like, it's like, are you going to continue this professional career? And, you know, and to be fair, he was, He looked like a good fighter. He looked better than Logan Paul. Like he looked like a legitimately good fighter. But still, Mm -hmm. the first question was like, are you going to fight another professional? Like are you going to try to fight an actual boxer, not a TikTok star? And so it may be – I think maybe that's what bothers me is that I think I just found it out, John. I think I just figured it out. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that people like Logan Paul, Jake Paul, Austin McBroom are taking shortcuts – to get the fights that other people spent every day of their life since they were age two to get, mm-hmm. Logan Paul's second professional fight was Floyd Mayweather. Do you, can you do you under do you like there are are thousands of people who have been grinding in boxing gyms for years trying to be professional fighters who would give everything they had for a chance to fight Floyd Mayweather, and it was just handed to Logan Paul, a YouTuber, to to do it, and I think. That's part of the frustration is that because he's taking himself seriously and because Mm -hmm. they're billing it as a serious event, it's frustrating that someone who is so underqualified and underskilled is getting the quality of fight and the amount of attention that other legitimate boxers have spent years and their entire lifetimes trying to attain.
1: I think that's a great point. Uh, there was an g- article in The Guardian that I read that kind of talked about that, that there aren't really a lot of young fighting stars that are taking up sort of the mantle of popularity that someone like Pacquiao or um, or Mayweather or McGregor have right now. You know, they, they are incredibly popular athletes at the top of their game, even as they're getting older, you know, and there aren't really like young superstars like that currently in the fighting world. And so it's, it's almost like the fighting world is kind of now putting its money on upstarts like Paul who have no reason being there but are going to pull in viewers and I think I think I wouldn't have a problem if if Logan Paul said I want to be a fighter and so I'm going to start from the bottom in actual professional fights in a place that I can actually like in a bracket that I actually can compete in and work my way up we all know he's never going to do that Mm -hmm. he's there for the money and for the social clout because that's what he does you know, no one no one films the YouTube videos. If you want to look up what he did in Japan, look it up. No one films the videos that he films and does the things that he does if you aren't in it solely for your own ego stroking, you know. And that's that's all he's doing here too. And I think, I guess it's just somewhat aggravating, I think, for us to see that and to know that he is kind of bypassing the sporting hierarchy just to gain social clout and i think that's that's inside us what makes us want to see him just get like smacked around i wanted mayweather to just leave him flopped on the ground after one round i think a lot of people did too Mm -hmm. a lot of people tuned in to see mayweather actually fight logan paul it didn't happen
0: yeah i think part of why i wanted that was because like the these these YouTubers these these people are are staging fights and they're hand selecting fights where they know that they can't get seriously hurt, mm-hmm. and because of that, it's frustrating that they actually like it makes them think that they can do it. Like if you put Logan Paul in the ring with Canelo Alvarez, who is still an elite boxer at about the same weight, and Canelo Alvarez is like still in his prime, like mm-hmm. it would be very very different. But fighting a forty forty six year old retired fighter that you're thirty pounds heavier than, even if it's Floyd Mayweather, you can you can you can stage your fight in a way where you feel like ultimately I'm not gonna like get killed in here. Mm-hmm. But that's not the, the way the actual world of boxing is, where he would get pummeled by any legitimate professional fighter in their prime.
1: Basically what we're saying is this is a mockery of professional sports. That's exactly what and should what I'm not be should not be treated as anything more than that
0: yeah yeah don't don't buy it don't 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 participate in it don't don't feed the the financial
1: gains of it there is a solution to this problem though chad what is it john never pay for fighting sports that that is that is one way sure it is one That's, way that is i one way. i i have a hundred percent boycott of fighting sports right now uh, i have never paid for a pay-per-view match and i never intend to ever I've paid for three pay per view matches. And I think that's another. Mm -hmm. I have not been disappointed anytime. I think that an interesting thing about fighting is that it does need to make money through pay per view. Mm -hmm. I find it funny that it's not regularly televised. Like, that's interesting to me. And
0: it wasn't always that way. Like, Mm -hmm. Muhammad Ali fought on network television, like CBS, ABC, like. The heavyweight championships of the world were just on network television, and it just isn't that way it, I anymore. I think
1: I think it shows probably that fighting does need that attention to stay relevant in the popular market. Mm-hmm. You know, there's almost a the sense that you know, there's the you have to pay for it, and so you're like, oh, well, this is a big deal, so I should pay for it. You know, I think probably because there's a lack of stars like Muhammad Ali right now um, that could draw viewers on cable television. I think it is fighting sports in a way needs people like Paul to stay relevant. And I think that's why this is happening, but it will break the sport in the end. Yeah. John, I think, I think we'll ahead and leave this there. I
0: think I've said everything. I've gotten all the rage off my chest in terms of Logan Paul and the disgraced boxing that this has been. Thank you, John. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I don't think we're going to do a part two because you haven't finished the Loki episode. I have not. Um, But if you haven't seen Loki, go see Loki,
1: go see Loki. It's good. Yeah,
0: Just go. I also would say go see In the Heights. In the Heights was awesome. I watched that on HBO Max. Um, that's my movie recommendation for the week. But mm-hmm. if you do care about Marvel, Loki, like we said last week, and it's proving to be so. This episode, this is the show of the of the of the Marvel summer so far. So make sure to check it out so you can catch up with our recaps as they come out later. John, do you have any other thoughts? Any other venting? Any other things that you've been keeping an eye on over the past week?
1: Oh, have I been keeping it? An... I mean england scotland plays tomorrow mm. which is when this pod releases that's going to be a fun game i think i want to talk at some point we should talk about um dig into the christian erickson situation a little bit more i think um, i think there's a lot to unpack there um but that's for another time yeah that may be next week john mm-hmm. um we will see we'll definitely be back
0: with the podcast this time next week assuming that john isn't Going to weddings all the time. Well, you are, but you have time on Thursday. So <laughs> I will
1: be, but I will have time. Yes. Okay.
0: So yeah, we'll be back next week with a podcast. Uh, same. Mm-hmm. Look forward to it in the same time on Friday mornings uh, in, in your feed, maybe about Christian Erickson, maybe about something else entirely. But uh, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us this week. John, um, where can people find us and how can they help us
1: be found by other people? Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the other podcasting apps that you may or may not use. Um, I don't use one of the big two for my podcasting. So, you know, we are in those places, too. We have fancy artwork, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, beyond that, just, you know, share our episodes. If you enjoy the episode, if you hate the episode, you know, flame us on social media. It gives us clicks. Hit, hit, the, re- us. hit the retweet button. Mm-hmm.
0: And then on Apple Podcasts, hit the review
1: button. So that other people can find us as well. Absolutely. We need you, the listeners, and we're very thankful for you. The Crunching Tackles empire is
0: growing. It is growing it is. At, a, at a slower rate than needed for world domination by 2030. But we, we are slowly inching our way there. And so with your help, we can begin to exponentially take over the universe like Thanos.
1: Yes, just like Thanos. We Thanos was a slow burn, right? Right. and if It took him our- a while to get there.
0: If you're one of our first 100,000 followers, we promise not to snap you out of existence.
1: I think that's a fair promise. So, guys, make sure to listen to us within that first 100,000 mark, and you get our special life discount. Life exemption.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, guys, be well, be safe. We will talk to you all next week.
1: All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys.